0: Smartcast You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast Hi welcome to Why Not Mint Money I'm Satya Suttanam from Mint's personal finance team I hope you all had a fantastic Diwali with your loved ones around I also hope that you haven't taken Diwali stock ideas that we saw in the media very seriously Experts and brokers often come out with stock investing ideas on various media platforms during this season they may not be necessarily a bad stock idea but there are so many factors that we need to consider before investing based on stock recommendations to give more details we have with us vidya bala co-founder of prime investor a well-regarded financial research provider let's invite her hi welcome to why not mint money a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey. Hello Vidya, hi, welcome to Why Not With Money.
1: Hi uh, Satya.
0: Uh, was your Diwali this year, Vidya? Uh,
1: great, great.
0: Uh, Vidya, have you inv- uh, do you invest on a Diwali day because it's usually considered auspicious, right? So do you invest? No.
1: Oh, I'm I'm not a very uh, kind of uh, sentimental person uh, when it comes to investing. So, I don't. Uh, as far as I recall, maybe I have invested in a couple of Diwali days, but that's more to do with uh, uh, the market really seeing a correction uh, than uh, you know the, it being an auspicious day.
0: I understand. You know, I agree that it has a lot to do with the sentiments and belief system, but uh, we must leave it there. Right. I mean, we cannot expect higher returns just because we have invested on a specific day uh, in an year. Right.
1: Absolutely. I mean, unless the specific day in a year happens to be a kind of a market low, which you might uh, hit upon um, as a, you know, a mine. But um, other than that, I I don't think the markets themselves attach too much uh, importance to such moves, except when very short term, you know, traders on that day, because end of the day, it's, um, uh, you know, the market is a collection of what investors think. So very, very short-term sentiments might drive a market for a very short while. But other than that, I think the market has a mind of its own, uh, which is driven more by uh, the prospects of uh, companies' earnings and the macroeconomic environment and the uh, kind of larger inflows that come into the market rather than uh, whether it is an auspicious day.
0: I understand, yeah. So, we at uh, Mint Money team also analyzed the one-year performance of the broad market indices like Nifty 500 TRI and Gold as represented by Nippon India ETF, Gold BES, uh, during the last 10 years and the conclusion is no there is no evidence to prove that uh, you know making investments during muhurat trading day or on danteras generate extra returns as you rightly pointed out any underperformance or outperformance compared to other dates uh, in a year is just because of the normal market action and has uh, nothing to do with uh, muhurat trading or danteras
1: absolutely so at best you know uh, these incidents uh, i mean these days can coincide with such incidences like um, you know one example is october 2008 um, you know uh, uh, october 2008 most people are aware of the march 2009 after the financial crisis but october 2008 was also one of the you know uh, lows and uh, um, those who had invested on diwali day on october 2008 would definitely have uh, made a great returns even a year later and um, you know that was in fact one of uh, the triggers uh, one of the uh, diwali days that i had invested in so it just you know happened that uh, the festival coincided with one of the worst times in the market and uh, that kind of uh, uh, a low point can definitely you know fetch returns Uh, but other than that uh, like your data also shows there is no real evidence that uh, these two are are correlated
0: it also, Diwali is also not uh, anymore about the sweets and the festivals of joy. It is also in the investing uh, world uh, more about stock ideas, Diwali stock pick ideas, etc. So uh, what do you think Vidya? What are the few factors that investors have to keep in mind when they actually go and pick uh, you know, a stock to invest uh, just because uh, someone has told uh, during a Diwali? Right. Um, I mean,
1: uh, like you rightly pointed out, uh, Diwali, I mean, because, you know, uh, the sentiment is that it is, uh, you know, kind of, um, um, you know, praying to God Lakshmi. So, naturally, the, uh, you know, motivation to make money is highest then and it is not uh, now, but it has always been the case that it is viewed as a uh, uh, time to, you know, also uh, deploy uh, money in the markets. But, um, Unfortunately, compared with a decade or two, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, the information available today um, uh, through various sources is a lot more. In other words, there is a flood of ideas in terms of where one can uh, invest. So, the so-called stock, t- uh, stock tips as we call them. Um, uh, if you need to broadly classify where, uh, you know, these sources of uh, stock, tips come from before we go on to identifying which are the good ones, uh, we can um, broadly classify them into three. One is, you know, the uh, uh, stock brokerage reports, whether uh, come from institutional or retail side of a, a brokerage. Uh, the other is the, um, you know, uh, social media and media recommendations or top investor, you know, uh, kind of uh, star investor uh, picks, so on. The third are paid sources of um, you know, recommendations. So it's very important for investors to kind of understand the motive behind each of these and uh, what is most suitable for them uh, on one hand, that is the source, that is the channel through which they receive these stock tips. The other thing is internal, the other thing is internal to them, which is basically, um, whether a particular stock that is being recommended is can fit your own portfolio in terms of your own risk profile and also in terms of whether it makes your portfolio more concentrated or it provides diversification. So, it broadly, it, uh, these are the two angles, the external one being the source of uh, the information, the internal one being uh, the fitment of such a stock in your portfolio. So, these are the broad two things that, you know, an investor needs to kind of uh, uh, wet before taking any uh, stock recommendation.
0: Okay, let's talk about that external factor. So uh, could you give some example or could you elaborate on uh, what kind of impact could it have or what kind of agenda should we understand from uh, seeing from, from taking this topic from a certain personality?
1: Right. So let's, um, you know, look at the three uh, categories that I mentioned. Uh, the first being the uh, you know the brokerage reports, the institutional brokerage reports or the uh, retail reports. Now, um, two things we need to understand: many of the institutional brokerage reports, etc., are not trying to do much to discover stocks because they they cater to uh, you know a specific segment of client where the idea is to make money with short term. Uh, arbitrage opportunities or where, you know, there is some upside etc. So often the coverage of those stocks is very limited to large or emerging large uh, stocks. So these are not stocks which can typically be multi-baggers for you. So that's something that we need to, you know, be. And then of course there are these retail uh, brokerage reports where the more aggressive stock picks from the mid and small cap uh, spaces are given what one needs to understand is that most of these come with target prices upside of whatever x y and so on and if uh, you know you actually this we have not done a study now but when we had done long ago a study which showed that many of these stocks even after hitting their target price move on to becoming multi baggers oftentimes so the opportunity is lost what you need to understand is the brokerage the primary Agenda behind a brokerage is to make you churn stocks so you it doesn't really benefit them if you're holding them for too long a period, right? So, and
0: yeah. therefore,
1: the target is often very, very short, um, you know, ranging from you know, few weeks to few months and so on. And uh, it doesn't really fit the uh, you know, kind of uh, investment philosophy of a retail investor who's looking to kind of hold stocks and build wealth. So, it's quite Agenda driven in the sense that their very idea is to make you churn your portfolio. So that's something um, that and uh, it's an ancillary service provided to you because you're holding a brokerage account, a DMAT account and a brokerage account with them. It's not their primary kind of service to you. In the sense, they are not advisors to you. They are simply brokers who also provide these tips, right? So that's something that you need to be aware of. The second, uh, you know, source, which in my opinion is a bigger risk than the first, is the uh, quantum of um, recommendations and tips available in media, specifically the social media. Now, here, um, the first question that investors need to ask themselves themselves is, why would anybody so benevol be so benevolent in terms of sharing a money idea, right? Most of us are so guarded on most things and especially when it comes to building wealth, you obviously want to be one up over the others. So, that's, that leads to the question whether there is a motive behind, uh, you know, giving out these stock tips on public, I mean, social media, which is basically buying the stock oneself and then kind of trying to popularize it through the media so that more people buy it or thereby causing the stock to rally. That's one thing. The second thing is some of these star investors, you know, people want to mimic them. And uh, those star investors may have bought those stocks quite long ago and already made money out of it. So you're probably too late into the game by even trying to follow them. So that there again. Uh, the question of when they entered those stocks, of uh, uh, what's what sort of positions they held, and how they built positions in those stocks are all not known to most of us, and therefore, you know, trying to mimic them can sometimes just turn out to be uh, a disaster. Um right. So that. Uh, so I, I mean, uh, this has happened in you know uh, quite a few uh, you know kind of uh, uh, stocks uh, that uh, many large investors uh, those probably managing huge corpuses have, uh, you know, held. So that's something that people should be aware of and, uh, you know, know whether it's time to really (laughs) buy those stock or it's just learning, you know, it's kind of a learning experience about what A or B did. So that's something that one needs to be aware of. The second thing, um, you know, uh, in, uh, you know, social media is that oftentimes when uh, these kind of recommendations are given, um, there is a clear agenda in terms of getting ad revenues, or you know, uh, promoting certain products, or promoting certain you know kind of ideas, with with a you know kind of a kickback or fee that may be involved for that influencer or the social media person. You know, and so uh, the motive there clearly is not to serve the investor. The third thing and very important thing is all of these are not regulated. Anybody can give a recommendation and just move on in life and uh, you may be left to fend for yourselves in terms of what you should do with that recommendation if it doesn't deliver well or even when it delivers well whether you should be booking out booking profits. So if you see most of these calls they will not they will hardly be any follow up on when to sell them for example. For that matter. Uh, even in uh, you know many of these brokerage uh, reports where there will be very few sell calls so a follow-up is equally important right it's not one thing is about entering uh, the second thing is if that does not work whether you should cut losses or if it uh, goes um, well beyond the uh, return expected. When should you exit? All of these are not given to you. So, there again, um, you know, that's a risk both in the first one, the first channel that I mentioned and the second. But the second is more lethal simply because they are not regulated. At least brokerages are regulated. Uh, the second form is entirely uh, not unregulated. And uh, unfortunately, there are also in the second, uh, you know, channel that I mentioned, some guaranteed return products where people guarantee fixed returns on through f and o and do collective uh, you know uh, pooling of money etc those have also led to a lot of uh, you know kind of uh, risks uh, not just risks people have lost money in social mm-hmm. media and investing, basically giving money yeah, yeah so um, that's something that uh, again something that people uh, forget they read about it but then they forget so again highly risky the third uh, channel coming to the last one is paid uh, sources of uh, recommendations Uh, paid sources of recommendations uh, can come uh, through you know um, RIAs RAs or for that matter somebody is managing your money through PMS etc now those those can be really serious business for one they are highly regulated Uh, Second thing is, um, you know, there are proper follow-ups on what calls are given. I mean, whether you have a small case or you have a research uh, recommended, uh, some uh, portfolio that you're following for a fee, there are follow-ups on uh, what needs to be done. So, the, um, the only thing there is about identifying which are the good sources for you and whether the person or the institution giving such recommendation has a track record whether, uh, what sort of portfolios do they give, do they fit your own requirements, etc., something that you need to, be, I mean, are they very short-term, are they giving just more momentum calls, or are they long-term calls, would they fit in your, uh, you know, uh, investment philosophy, something that you need to do, a little bit of groundwork, but the good thing is, uh, you cannot be fooled, you cannot be conned in this kind of uh, business, when you pay and therefore, you know, you can ask, but the other thing is, they are regulated. So, um, and broadly, basically, in India, we do think money advice is for free, right? And that free oftentimes comes with a very high cost and that cost is the cost of losing your money, losing your wealth or getting conned. right? So that's something that people uh, have to be extremely careful about, especially with stocks and uh, derivatives and that is why the source the channel of uh, channel from which you get recommendations really uh, become a big decision
0: they may actually give their recommendations in good faith, but as you rightly pointed out, the entry and exit of the stock also matters a lot. So they may enter into the stock at one point of time, but uh, what if there will be no information about when to exit? So that also plays a major major role, right? And this, I think this is more applicable to a cyclical stock. For a normal stock, maybe a defensive stock or something like that, maybe you can enter it sometime, you can hold it for a long time. But for cyclical stocks, the timing and the timing of entry and exit matters a lot for the cyclical stocks to invest in them.
1: Definitely. See, most stocks, even if they're not cyclical, they have a period where they kind of saturate in terms of returns and you move on, right? Just to give an example, I mean, there is no recommendation here. Uh, Kindly uh, make a note so for we may still see potential in stocks like hdfc or hdfc bank but there were there was a period over a decade of high returns from these stocks right those may not come back again so um, you know in, uh, every stock has uh, you know a kind of a growth phase and a kind of a steady phase and probably a saturated phase so uh, there is no such thing as uh, you know buy and hold eternally it's only about pruning your stocks making those changes booking profits averaging your positions and so on, and this is exactly where, uh, you know, real uh, returns come from. I mean, if, uh, you know, you had uh, somebody like uh, 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 Mr. Junjunwala, um who had, you know, made money in Titan, uh, but all of those came with averaging positions over a period of time. So, when you, so you just hear that, you know, uh, Titan is a blue chip today, but not when he invested. Uh, it's not just about, you know, just putting 10,000 rupees and allowing it to grow, right? So this story, even if somebody on media comes and tells you, you don't know exactly when they bought, you don't know how they averaged positions, right? And it's all about that. And it's it's also about the quantum of money that you put at the end of the day, right, to average. Only that can make a difference. So all of these is not something that you can just easily mimic and you don't know also. So that's where, you know, just giving that recommendation alone may not, you know, kind of uh, be the only information you need.
0: Absolutely, understood. So um, these inputs, so whatever the stock ideas that were given uh, everywhere, but they can be considered as inputs, as one of the inputs to one's research?
1: Probably. The way uh, that an investor can uh, go about doing it is... Put them in his or her watch list or a list of uh, you know stocks that they would like to do research on, and uh, fix their own. I you know if uh, they are able to identify what is you know the value that they will be able to offer to those stocks, then wait for put them in the watch list and wait for good opportunities in market corrections to enter them. So that's something that they can uh, do the uh, second thing that they also need to you know kind of although most people look at these star celebrity investors to uh, look at stocks to invest most people don't realize that those celebrity investors have also cut down um you know on uh, their losers okay um uh, i mean even if you take again um, a person like uh, mr junjunwala he had Taken positions in stocks like DHFL and India Bulls Real Estate and the prices crashed, right? But he later realized he realized that there was you know uh, uh, not the best, and he did cut down on uh, some of these losers very quickly after realizing that they were mistakes, right? Most of us right. don't take those lessons. So Absolutely. when I say you create a list of uh, when I say uh, create a list of um, you know um, uh, winners, it's very important to also create a list of. Uh, uh stocks that are not doing well in your portfolio and uh, you know decide you know uh, watch and decide which ones to remove if you don't create this list you will never realize that these stocks are really pulling down your portfolio so that is where these uh you know uh, big investors are actually uh, also great in the sense that they know when to kind of cut the losers
0: Sure. Uh, Vidya, you also mentioned that uh, one needs to check whether uh, a particular stock fits in their portfolio or not. So apart from overall asset allocation, a portfolio approach is also very much necessary in each asset class. Uh, Could you talk about uh, taking one particular stock and seeing how it will help uh, and fit, how to examine whether it will fit our portfolio or not?
1: All right. So, uh, each of us uh, invest with some uh, goal in mind when it comes to our portfolio. For example, if we decide I want to have long-term compounding stocks, you know, compounders in my uh, portfolio, uh, then I know you're looking for stocks that will steadily kind of grow over a period of time, right? So, um, when you're doing that, if you're going to simply, you know, just buy, say, a high dividend yielding PSU stock, right, which um, uh, you might get. High dividend on such a stock, but you will probably not see its price compounding much, right? So, um, um, therefore, that's a characteristic of that stock. It's not that the stock was a failure. stock is meant to be giving you good, uh, rich, uh, you know, dividend payouts and it's probably doing the job, whereas it might not help compound your wealth over a period of time sufficiently. So, you need to be very clear. Supposing you are, uh, you know, closer to your retirement, but you still have sufficient cash to build some portfolio, you might want to add more dividend payout stocks if you like to cash out, have some, you know, payouts, etc. So, then you might want to focus on some, say, IT companies or some quality BSU and so on so if you get dividend right but if you're young and you're trying to look at growth opportunities then you would go behind more high growth stocks and compounders and so on right so um, the goal for building a portfolio should be very clear only then you will be able to identify whether a or b stock fits into that overall goal so that's one part the second part of course is um, you know the sector the diversification if for example you are already you know, overweight on uh, say banking and financial stocks and you have this new tip, uh, which is again one more, you need to understand whether, you know, this is really going to kind of add anything to your portfolio, which probably already has four or five banks in uh, in your portfolio or three or four banks, right? Whether it's going to give you any edge or whether you're actually making your portfolio more concentrated. In this, it will help for you if, if, it's, if it's difficult for you as an individual to identify whether you are sufficiently diversified or you're going overweight on a sector, you could occasionally take cues from the uh, Nifty or Sensex and look at those index weights and try to hug those index weights for your own sector allocation if nothing else works.
0: understand. understand. To sum it up, um, you've beautifully explained all the concepts. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you, Satya.
0: Thank you. That's all for now in this episode, listeners. If you have any queries or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Satya Sontanam S-A-T-Y-A S-O-N-T-A-N-A-M Or you can also write to us at mintmoney at livemint.com Bye-bye.